It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Programme. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. We've got a good one in store today. Coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour, we're going to talk with best-selling and uh, award-winning graphic novelist Johnny Christmas. And Christmas is actually his real family name. Um, the, uh, the new book is... Uh, really kind of fascinating it's um let's see how did they put it here in my notes um it looks at the junction where swimming meets black identity the book is called swim team and it's um well it's a graphic novel it's intended for young readers but but interesting uh, all the same and then coming up in the middle, the second hour of our three-hour tour, we're going to talk with everyone's favorite crankiness expert. He's back with a new book for kids. Stephen Joseph is his name. The book is called Snoodles, Cadoodles, Poodles, and Lots and Lots of Noodles. Anyway, Stephen will be joining me in just a little while. But first, um, we, we started yesterday with uh, GOP candidates for governor. And every Wednesday before Armchair Politics, we're going to try and get all 10 in before the primary election. Um, If it remains 10, and that's yet to be seen, um, according to to my guest yesterday. Who did I have on yesterday? With 10 candidates, I'm easily confused. Ryan Kelly started it out yesterday. He's the first at 10. And... uh, Next week, Mike Brown, and and then we've got, uh, well, and and then it continues on and on every Wednesday. But we're also going to start looking at some of the um, state house races, um, well, and some of the other local local seats um, and and some of the statewide ones, but um, some of them have more of a primary than others. And we're going to talk to uh, the first of those, who's joining me now by phone, is a candidate for one of the new State House uh, seats, I believe, the 67th District uh, State House Representative seat. And she is a Republican candidate. Sherry Cross is her name. She joins me by phone. Good morning, Sherry. Welcome to the show. Oh, good morning, Tom. Thank you for having me. Now, this is not your first time running for something but why did you decide this time it was it influenced by the fact that that the drawing of new uh districts has created some open seats nope that that wasn't it at all in fact i actually had planned on uh running 
you know, when I was in 20, yeah, after the 2020 uh, race, uh, I decided that I would give it a shot again because I've been, you know, talk with a lot of people. And the thing is, is that with everything being as crazy as it is, we have got to get things back to normal. We've got to get kids to school. We've got to get gas prices down. I mean, the cost of living is unbelievable. So it's not just affecting the, the nation. It's affecting our state and our small cities and suburbs. So I didn't find out until... Uh, we went to get the paperwork turned in that I was actually going to be running in the 67th and not the 48th. Which is so the was, which is the know. district you ran for before, but they got shuffled right. around a little bit uh, after the 2020 <laughs> census and then subsequently the uh, the redrawing of districts. In, in oh yeah. It's, it's crazy. What do you think about the uh, about the commission that's uh, drawing the districts now? This um, nonpartisan group to draw. I I can't say that on the radio. I think it's absolutely <laughs> absurd. I'm, I was put. I thought everything was just right the way it was before, but now. You know, in the 57th district, it does it covers what a portion of Lapeer, a section of Tuscola, a section of Genesee. I'm not familiar with Tuscola or Lapeer, but I've been going over there so I can learn more about it, so that I can learn about the people. And it's a lot different than over here. Uh, you know, I'm the side of that. So, but isn't that one of the reasons for uh, trying to get an independent group to to draw the lines was to make them more contiguous and less influenced by party affiliation? I think that's what you know what they were trying to achieve. But I think if you was to look at the 67th district and the way that it is drawn out. You would sit there and scratch your head or laugh or both at the same time. Say, what were they thinking? <laughs> um, I well, say that every time I drive over there to look here. <laughs> when it um, when it when it comes to what are people thinking, um, Sherry? Honestly, you've had a lot of personal challenges in recent yep. years. Um, yep. <laughs> why why would you take on these? other problems as well. well because I've well, because I'm I'm strong and I've survived every wall that's been dropped in front of me I mean there was a way over it around it or under it and I was able to achieve where it was to get past it and I continue going yeah I know I, I ran the first time I ran I go and I have spinal surgery then I run again the next time. Shortly right after that, I go and have a second spinal surgery, and that one left me in a wheelchair unable to walk. But I don't need the two legs to walk in order to do the job for the community and to listen to them. What about for campaigning, though, Sherry? It's got to make it very different to campaign because um, mm -hmm. you've always been pretty aggressive about going door-to-door, -door, which is... Um, often called walking the neighborhoods. <laughs> right. And, and now, you don't walk. Yeah. <laughs> not in Lapeer County. Not in County. Houses are few and far between, and it's beautiful farmlands. And so what we've been doing is we've got the flyers, and my husband goes with me, and we go and we talk with people, and we leave out the flyers, and we just let people see who I am and, and get to ask the questions, you know, and tell me what their concerns are. And everybody's got the same concerns. It's the economy. That is the the, the, the major one right there. <laughs> the old Jim Carville line. 
Yeah, the, the old James Carville line, uh, it's the economy, stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I wanted, I really wanted to say that, but I didn't want you to think I was calling you stupid. No, but I no. I really do like that statement. <laughs> no, no, that James Carville, even though he's from the other side of the aisle, that's a, a great phrase he coined during a, a, a political roundtable uh, years ago, I think uh, during one of the Clinton campaigns. Well, do you think it would do any good if somebody would say that to President Joe Biden so he'll stop blaming everything on everyone? You know, the high cost of gas is because of the war in Ukraine and everything, but don't you dare shut down that line five. I I heard that he's not going to right now, but I did hear the governor's still pushing for it. Well, there are... There are uh, uh, two different directions to go in there's eliminating it shutting it down altogether which uh, uh bad move which governor whitmer is is pushing for um, mm-hmm. as as is the the attorney general um and then there's there's this other notion that has been talked about a great deal and that's encasing line five in another tunnel um and i was all for that until they started talking about running all kinds of other utilities through the same tunnel we could fight against that i i was totally for the tunnel that way that if there was ever issue it'd be a smart tunnel and they would be able to deal with, but no, I wouldn't want to see other utilities being ran under there. Let's just you know protect the line. The well, yeah, they're talking is, about is they're dumb. talking about running, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Fiber optics and uh, electrical cable, and you know, running nah. electricity and all these other things. And I just don't think you want electrical wires running right uh, next to an oil pipeline. You know, for some strange reason, you are very correct. I can't believe anybody would <laughs> even want to think something like that. I, I, I kid you not, I spent a, lo- a lot of time for in 2018 and 2020 studying what, it, what Ember just wanting to do, seeing the, the graphic design of what this tunnel was going to be. And this is going to be a lifetime because currently that pipe is like, what, 10, 20 years overdue. I mean, it's older than it was supposed to last. And that's why, I mean, I will 100% support that. We've got to keep it open because if they close it, you know what's going to happen. If you think $5 a gallon is too much for what we're paying right now, it's going to be higher than that. We can't afford that. Michigan can't afford that. Well, and even if you're driven by uh, concern for the ecology, transporting oil over land is, is going to have its dangers, too. Um, Not only that's going to be very expensive. Well, yeah. It, I mean, if you're going to run it by trucks, if you're going to run it by yep. trains, it's going to be costly. But there are also yep. there's also the potential for accidents and spills above ground. Yep. So exactly the the um, you know doubly reinforcing the the uh, line five uh, existing uh, pipeline. Mm-hmm. in a tunnel seems to be the um you know maybe the ecologically Logic. friendliest it, yes. way to go yeah it's a logical way to go too and the other thing is here's the good thing if a ship ever accidentally drags uh their anchor it's not gonna hurt line five 
still be protected. Well, and that and if it does damage the the uh, the tunnel, um, it can be repaired. Mm-hmm. You know, before yeah, then, it becomes an ecological disaster. Exactly. At and least the that's, that the, tunnel, that's the theory. The problem is, will right. you know, will the people do their jobs and and react quickly when there are those problems? Um, that's a whole nother discussion, but uh, systemically, right. it seems like uh, kind of the way to go. What are some of the other things, Sherry, that you think are of of local interest and importance? Uh, where where are you on this idea of putting an asphalt uh, facility in? Yeah. Well, it's already zoned for it. I know there's a lot of people in the community that are, you know, they're, they're against it, you know, like not my backyard, but the thing is they are zoned for it. I can't find my paper where the other, there's another business right near there that, I mean, is also in the zoned area. I think as long as they uh, don't break any of the rules and there's really, I don't know how you could stop them from putting it in unless, you know, they've broken the law or something because they are zoned. I'm not really crazy about it, but you got all those junk yards up there on Dort Highway and what's what's and all the that, I mean. what's the downside? Is it is it close to people's homes? Is uh, uh, the smell a problem? Maybe it's I I think it would well me personally I think it would probably be the smell and who wants to open their windows up and smell that? But if it's there in a zoned area, like I said, if they're not breaking the laws on anything, there's nothing that really the the people could do other than maybe file a petition, but I don't know how that would work, honestly. I was hearing about this last year, and I know that we had a neighborhood, uh, I think that was the petition going around, but I'm thinking, what's that going to do, really? Because if they're zoned to be there and they've got the licensing and everything, I don't know, I guess we just got to see what happens with it. What are some of the things that um, are on your radar that you would like to address and deal with if elected uh, to the state house? Well, we got number one. Aside from the economy, number two's problem is, which even though people say, "Well, we don't," you know, we live in Michigan. How could illegal immigration affect us? Oh, it does, and that's a problem. Now, over in in uh, Lapeer County and going over that way, you know, there's a lot of farmland. I know over in Emily City, there's where a lot, I know for a fact because uh, I had a family member that was a migrant worker and he was staying over there with the other migrants. Well, there's going to be, and I've seen a lot of Hispanics in our area. I don't know where they come from. I'm not saying that they're illegal or whatever, but there's going to be a lot more and we need to get some control on it. And I would like to, work on the immigration in the, for the state so that we can get this under control before it gets out of hand, is that's going to cost Michigan a lot of money. We have to pay, you know, if they get sick or they have a baby or whatever, Sherry, we're going to have to pay for it. Sherry, yeah. Sherry, I hate to interrupt, but I have to put a comma here. I've got a break coming up. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? I'd love to. Great. My guest is Sherry Cross. She is a GOP candidate uh, for the uh, 67th district seat in the state house of representatives we'll be right back it's me tigger t-i-double-g-er that spells tigger and don't forget to remember to listen to tom sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Babies come with lots of decisions. Cloth or disposable? Crib or bassinet? So when it comes to protection, go with the safest, most effective choice, vaccination. Get all the recommended vaccines for your baby by age two to protect your child against 14 serious childhood diseases. For more reasons to vaccinate, talk to your child's doctor. Go to cdc.gov vaccines or call 800-CDC-INFO. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation now with a GOP candidate for uh, Michigan State House Representative in the 67th District, Sherry Cross. Sherry, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, I love talking to you, and I got my coffee right here, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay then. Hey, just before the break, we were talking a little bit about what some of the things uh, you think need attention uh, when you get to Lansing. You talked about uh, immigration as it applies to Michigan and certainly farm jobs uh, in Michigan. Uh, what are some of the other things that that you think uh need attention. You mentioned the economy. What are some things you could do to impact the economy? Oh, I'm going on a hog hunting expedition. Did I ever tell you I was from Florida? That's where I was a deputy sheriff at. And uh, I have friends whose husbands would go out hunting wild hogs. Well, I'm going to go looking for that pork in Lansing that is being wasted and get it allocated for what we really need it used for. There's way too much useless spending that's going on. It's got to stop. Sherry, are are you sure you're a Republican? Because most of the Republicans I talk to are real anxious to cut taxes, but very few of them seem willing to cut spending. <laughs> I would. Well, I'd love to do both. I well, I, I I seriously would. But I, you know, that the number one thing that I want to do is to see where is all of this wasted, you know, hog money go, pork money they call it. You know, and we don't, you know, if it's something like studying the brown sparrow of Michigan or putting a lobster on a little treadmill or something, no. I mean, we got to stop this wasteful, wasteful spending and put toward the, the state, toward the, the people who need it. Businesses, especially small businesses, they, and they need, I would love to not only give the, you know, small business a tax cut, but also I think that they need some, uh, hmm. I'm trying to think, not, not a stimulus, but, you know, um, I'm totally lost for words right now. Payroll assistance? A, 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 a bonus. Just, just something because they're small, but they hire, they're, they're doing their job, and, you know, basically they're getting choked up by real big corporations, and so I think that we need to invest more into the small businesses and mom-and-pop stores here. What would that what would that look like? I mean, what what kind of legislation could you advance that would uh, help give small businesses more of an edge in a world of uh, of huge companies? Well, you know, for me to say how I would do, I mean, I was a small business owner, but I would rather speak with the small business people, have them tell me what it is they want what it is they need instead of me going and doing something I think might be good for them. I'd rather hear from them what they want. Sherry, and when we, you were a yes. small business owner, what were the challenges that you faced most? What were the things that you would like to have seen? Well, I wish I could have gone bigger with my business instead of it being from my home, but because I was raising exotic parents i had to be here all the time but i wish i could have expanded i had some volunteers that would come and help out but it 
it basically kind of like we broke even because taking care of those kind of birds and meeting the you know their health needs, the food, cages, and all that, we literally broke even. But I tried it for ten years, and I wasn't going to give up. But eventually, it came to a point where okay, it's time to end it now. But, but I would have was it, if I could have. Were there were there regulations that made it hard to be profitable? Was it uh, no? It no regulations because there's no regulations on on the bird you know on birds. There's on dogs and cats you know for cattles, but and not cats but dogs. Uh, the problem was when you live in a residential area. And you have a hundred and fifty parrots in a in an aviary outdoors. People don't like it, and it made it very difficult for you know. When I try to have business here, the the neighbors weren't very kind about it. So I, it just gets to where nobody wanted to come here because the neighbors were always upset because they're always calling the police for noise problem. You know, just that kind of neighbors. So after a while, you just um, if I could have gone on somewhere else, like a bigger place. But like I said, having that many birds, I wanted to be with them at all times because we had a, you know, a, a monitor out there so we could monitor any sounds or anything going on inside the house that might be wrong. If I had the business somewhere else, if something goes wrong and I'd be away from them, you know, I just wanted to stay here with them. But I did, uh, I, as I said, I would have gone bigger if I could have afforded to do it, which just kind of breaking even, though. But some business owners, they, they try it. And some succeed, and at least you tried. At least you gave it a shot, and you tried. Well, um, Ryan Kelly, who's one of the uh, GOP candidates for governor in the in the primary coming up in August, says mm-hmm. in his uh, first hundred day plan that he would uh, eliminate unemployment for people who have just chosen not to go back to work after uh, COVID. Uh-huh. That's a very good plan, too, and I would support him on that 100%. we got to get people back to work. You know you know how frustrating it is when you want to go, you go to a restaurant and actually you can't get anything from the restaurant because they don't have enough staff or the restaurant's not open or, you know, we've encountered that in I never thought I'd ever see anything like that in my life. So yeah, I agree. We we get control of uh, of Lansing. That's one of the first things that you know we need to do. I agree with them. How do you think? Um, a, a lot of people in the GOP have been extremely critical of uh, Governor Whitmer and her handling of the pandemic. Mm. How would mm. you like to have seen what was clearly a public health emergency, especially in the early weeks and months of it? Um, how would you have handled that differently, or how would you have recommended to the governor to handle it differently? I wouldn't have gone over two weeks. I sure as one thing, I sure as hat would never have shut down the government or shut down the state. I wouldn't have shut down the schools. We've got excellent medical people out there. But the thing was, it was so obvious that a lot of this was political, way too political. And they were scaring the, the, 
They were scaring people out of their wits over this pandemic. Now look where we're at two years later. And there's still stores, there's still some stores you go to, they want you to wear a mask, people are wearing masks. This was, this definitely, I think she went overboard on it. You know, uh, two weeks, it could have, maybe maybe a month, even, even a month was too long. You've got people who have lost their businesses, the businesses that will never come back because of this, or why? Now we know what we know now, and everybody's trying to get back on with their life, but look at the damage that was done. My concern is, is how are we going to repair all this damage that's been done? Not only, you know, to, to the communities, but also to schools and to the kids. So that's uh, something I want to focus on when uh, if I get elected. I really want to focus in on that. Let's get things back. We've got to get our kids caught up, too. No more distant learning. Really? You you think that that's, uh, be, because I get the sense that that remote learning is going to be a part of education at all levels of education going forward. Maybe, not, maybe not the primary source, Sherry, but, but certainly yeah. a, an element, a part of it. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got remote learning for universities. You know, I don't see anything wrong with that, but when you take little kids and you don't allow them to get out and socialize with their peers and be educated and see their teacher, and I mean, it makes little kids, it's got to be very, I heard it's very, very, you know, uh, hard on them. That depression and, and lack of interest. And of course, I did hear about the past two years, a lot of kids, they, they lost 50% of their learning because of the distant learning. And I can understand why. You know, I can't think of any young little kids that want to stay in front of a, a computer for hours a day, you know, doing, uh, doing schoolwork. They'd rather be in school with their peers. So I, I, you know, just since 35 for, you know, older people, but not, not for our young kids, not for primary, not even. Actually, I don't even want to see it from uh, preschool to high school. I wouldn't want to see that. What about um, election uh, reform? That was something mm. uh, that we talked about yesterday with uh, um, with uh, Ryan Kelly, mm -hmm. and well, he he and I were talking about the possibility of going back to uh, paper ballots. Paper ballots. Yep, I was just going to say paper ballots. Uh, ID, a government issued ID. I mean, if you drove down there, you got to have a driver's license to have driven your vehicle. And if you don't have a driver's license, you can always obtain just a photo ID at the Secretary of State's office. And a personal ID, it's not a driver's license, but it's a photo government issued ID. I would request that. Uh, and if you don't have that, I didn't want. I don't want them to. Well, here, just sign this little waiver here that you are who you say you are. Uh. Uh. You don't have your photo ID, then don't vote. Come back when you got it. And go with the paper ballots. Because that would eliminate what we went through in 2020. Do you think that there was enough, um, well, for lack of a better description, uh, shenanigans during the 2020 election? 
to actually impact the outcome? 2,000 mules. Yeah, there were shenanigans all over the place. It was unbelievable. And I'm really praying that this time that's not going to happen again. It, are you talking about in this upcoming midterm election, or do you mean for the presidential in 2024? Any election. Any election. There should be no, you know, they say shenanigans. We stick with paper ballots for any election that will reduce the fraud, and we don't have uh, what, you know, I... I'm not going to say on the radio about it was fraud and all that. I know what I feel, and everybody else is in my situation knows, you know, knows what happened. But we can't let it happen again. And I know that they've been saying, talking about other conservatives have been talking about, well, we should have been using the paper ballots. And why were those machines connected to the Internet when they weren't supposed to be? So, yeah, that would eliminate a lot of problems. And I... Are you a supporter of Donald Trump? Will Will you endorse him for a run in 2024 if he runs? And have you sought his endorsement for your campaign? Yes, the both questions. Actually, he was the inspiration for me to run in 2016 for delegate, uh, delegate and I'm still a elected delegate. Uh, and then I decided to try to go a step higher to to go to work in Lansing so that I could support, you know, what, I mean, his, his values are the same as mine and I would support it and I would endorse him. And yes, I did, not that I probably over hear from him, but I did send his uh, committee uh, an email with a press release requesting if he could consider endorsing me. And, and you haven't heard back. Not that that's unusual because there are so no. many state house races around the country this year that you know it'd be possible to weigh in on all of them but I, exactly I, I just wondered I'm, I, I'm surprised sometimes uh, uh, there are often times when people will respond um, when you're not really expecting them to right yeah I haven't heard anything yet but it was just about two weeks ago that I sent the email so I just wait and see I'll let you know if I hear anything. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. Now, when I talked with, um, again, uh, Ryan Kelly yesterday, I, I asked mm -hmm. him the same question, and he said, yes, he would endorse uh, Donald Trump in 2024 for the nomination to run for president. Um, yes. But he also um, said that... Uh, Donald Trump hasn't endorsed in Michigan's gubernatorial uh, race. He has in other statewide races, but not hmm. not in the one for governor, which I thought was uh, kind of interesting. Yeah, I wonder what he's waiting on. Well, I, I think probably there's more than one of the 10 candidates that he feels comfortable supporting, and he you right. know, is not ready to, to make a... He doesn't want to be the one to make the pick. Right. Well, I heard how many the people that he endorsed. I heard that, what, 23 of the ones he endorsed were elected, and I believe there were two that 
got his endorsement, but they didn't win. So, you know, getting his endorsement is, it seems like it's almost an automatic win for you if you can get, you know, if you give to endorse you. But I will, I would want him to endorse me because that he would agree with, you know, with what my values are and where I stand at and that I support what, you know, I don't, sometimes he says things that kind of shock me and I wish he wouldn't say, but he was a good leader. And I respect that. Are you, is there a, uh, a candidate for governor that you favor in the, in the primary? Mm. I was kind of thinking about Chief Craig, um, but I'm still, you know, still learning about the other ones. I met uh, Kevin Rinke a uh, couple weekends ago. He's not really nice. He's touring around in a big, huge uh, bus, real nice bus. He's uh, got a lot of good ideas, very friendly. Not He's not stuffy at all. He, he looks like a country person, you know. Um yeah, I, I still want to learn, you know, learn research. I know people are researching me on my website, which I welcome. And that's what I'm doing with these with the other people who are running for governor and just learning about them and seeing who I think it would be good to do the job because who I'd love to work with. What do you think of the uh, decision by the um, Mackinac uh, Policy Conference uh, with the Detroit Chamber? to uh, limit their debate at the policy conference to only five of the ten. Five of the ten. Candidates for uh, the Republican that's primary not, so for that, governor. That, that's not right. You know, it, it's, I think that they should be able to listen to all ten of them and, and hear what their platform is and where they stand. If you're just going to limit to five out of the ten, how fair? That's not fair. I'd be well. My my temper would come out on me, and I'd probably be <laughs> stomping my foot on my wheelchair, saying that's not fair. <laughs> no. Wow. I wondered what your thought was about that. I thought it was a little unusual yeah. for him to announce. Well, we're going to have debates at the conference, but we're only going to have five of the ten candidates. And apparently they took a poll, and I'm not sure who they polled, Sherry, if it was just members of the Detroit Chamber or or what, but they just, whoever the top ten uh, in the poll were, or the top five, <laughs> they just, they said, okay, we'll take those five. That's not, that number, that number one is not fair. I'm not going to say what the other word is, but I wouldn't have it. My mouth would get the best of me. Mm. Now, how can they get their idea? I mean, what's the point of running? If you're not going to be included in debates, what's the point of running? You feel like you're being an outcast? Uh-uh. Everybody should have equal fair time. Well, and I've, as you know, Sherry, I've always argued that, you know, people complain about having to pick the lesser of two evils, but primaries are where you have more choices. That's right. And and you well, need I, to have the opportunity to hear everybody that's that's willing to try to run. Exactly. And there's, what, uh, eight people, I believe, so far running in my district. When I ran the first two times, it was just solely two of us. 
you know, and it wasn't really that that much debate. I made a mistake. But there's no saying, there's no incumbent in that race, though, right, Cherry? Because this is a new is, district. There is. Um, oh gosh, I'm trying to say his name. He's from Tuscola, and he is the representative for there. But now, the portion of his the new district brings him down into where we're at. So now it puts him into the race. So. He's not only just running for Tuscola, but he's also running for where we're at. So, yeah, technically there is a representative running, but he's out of Tuscola until they did the remapping. Gotcha. Crazy. Gotcha. Um, Sherry, we just have about uh, two and a half, well, about three minutes left. And mm -hmm. I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you. And um, also, I, I, if you want to take a minute or two for some final thoughts, but do you have a website that you'd like to share? I sure do. Just go to www.electsherry, and that's S-H-E-R-R-I-J, cross, it's all one word, dot O-R-G, and we welcome uh, people to volunteer, or if you could even support our campaign and give five dollars, whatever it adds up goes toward our signs. We are totally transparent about the amount of money that we we get in, and that we will disclose it at any time if anyone asks. Plus, it's also you know when we uh, report it to the state, it's always up there on the state site too. Uh, and I, you know, I just hope that the people will give me a chance and don't judge me because I have a service dog in a wheelchair. My wheelchair is very fast. I just need a louder horn on it to let people know I'm coming through. <laughs> and my and my service dog is a heartbreaker. Uh, she's a conversation starter. Everybody falls in love with her. We're a team and we will do this job together. No disability, no, no snowstorm or anything else is going to keep me from representing the people. They elect me. I work for them. Well, Sherry, thanks uh, again for spending time with me and the listeners this morning. And uh, I always uh, applaud people that are willing to roll up their sleeves, dig in, and, and try and, and help where they can. And you are certainly one of those people. Um, Sherry, no, keep, up, <laughs> keep up the good work, kiddo. Well, thanks for having me on your show. You know, I still do volunteer work here in the community. I go down in my wheelchair at the local park with the group and I sweep the glass up off the concrete. I mean, I can work with my arms. Just, you know, like I said, I can work. I'm able. I still want people to think that I couldn't do the job because of the situation I'm in. Well, well thank said. You. Uh, thank you. And thanks for having me. And I also want to say one more thing. I've had some people on the other side who like to, oh, you're a racist because of this and that. I want to clear everything up about that. God made us in all shades of love, and that's where I stand. Well said, Sherry. Good Thank luck you. to you. Well, you have a great, yeah, you have a great day, Tom. Thanks for having me. Take care. Again, Sherry Cross, uh, GOP candidate in the primary for the 67th district seat in the uh, Michigan State house of representatives and we're going to take a short break let our broadcast partners at wfovlp 92.1 fm flint 
Our Voices Radio, squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So, don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse. we got lots more of the Tom Sumner Program straight ahead. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon, they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work, and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car. Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey. Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, file a complaint with my office online at mi.gov robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it, you're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 15th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMagno. Flint Community School. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Lone Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan. Quiplet Technology. My Community College. It's pure Michigan. 
friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. A master of Native American humor is Brooks Hayes of Arkansas, special assistant to the president and former representative in Congress. Here is Mr. Hayes before the Pennsylvania Political Science and Public Administration Association. I always feel at home with the teachers of government, although I'm not an expert in this field. I am a practitioner. I'm not afraid of experts. I um, was sitting by uh, a couple in Washington at a dinner party one night when the man who had just met the lady said to her, and you're Mrs. Post? And she said, yes. Mrs. Emily Post? And she said, yes. Well, Mrs. Post, you're eating my salad. (laughs) And, uh, 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 my father was, uh, himself a country school teacher. And in this connection, I think you'd be interested in what happened when he took the census in 1900. Uh, ask an old man standing in front of his cabin in this, uh, frontier country... Uh, his name, he said, I'm the enumerator, sir, and I need some information. What is your name? He said, Hearn, Randall J. Hearn. Father said, how do you spell it? Spell it yourself, stranger. I'm a non-scholar. <laughs> so, uh, uh, this, uh, uh, this character, Randall J. Hearn, is not a fictional character. He is not legendary, as some members of Congress believe, because sometimes I would quote him in the Foreign Affairs Committee, and occasionally my chairman, Mr. Richards of South Carolina, would turn to me and say, what would Randall Hearn's opinion be on this proposition? And I knew he meant by that, what would... uh, what would the man at the grassroots think? What uh, would the non-scholar have to say about this problem? One of my Republican friends complained over the method adopted by the Democrats in a certain reapportioning problem, and uh, he was rather violent about it. He said, you Democrats are just not fair. Well, I said, looking at some of the things the Republicans do, I would say, you remind me of the country boys playing cards down in Arkansas. He looked over at his friend. He said, play, it. He said, play the cards fair, Reuben. I know what I dealt you. <laughs> uh, and uh, and uh, sometimes it is possible for a politician to extricate himself from political pressures As uh, Claude Swanston said with his famous five rules, uh, the first rule being, when in doubt, do right. (laughs) Uh, You might
might be interested, incidentally, in those other four rules. I believe I can recall them. He said, uh, first, never buy your ticket till you hear the train whistle. Uh, second, always be strong for something nobody can be against. Uh, then the third one I've indicated. Fourth, never use one word if five will do. <laughs> Finally, always stick to your party. If the storm comes and uh, the vessel threatens to sink, move the ballast and try to save her. But if she sinks, follow the rats. <laughs> I rejoice in the trend these days, seeing an academician often leave his cloisters to enter the political arena. That's good. And uh, I think of some very notable careers that have come out of that response that you uh, sometimes make to the, the lure that is always present. But the little lady in England was asked, you know, who did you vote for? And she said, vote? Oh, I never vote. It only encourages them. <laughs> Because you believe in, uh, in precision and in uh, a scientific evaluation of party positions, you do not agree with the little lady who said, when she was asked about the difference between the Tories and the liberals, oh, she said the only difference is that the Tories think they're better born and the liberals just know they're born better. <laughs> I think a book could be written on what uh, sweet little ladies in England say about politics, uh, or even in, uh, in Arkansas, because you may have heard the story of uh, the little lady who was voting for the first time when women were given suffrage, and she rode to the polls with her son, who could see she was quite agitated over the prospect of participating in this great experiment in government, government by consent of the governed, and uh, she went in to vote that attitude of eagerness and anticipation was registered on her countenance, but when she came out and got in the car, it was obvious that she was disappointed, she was very solemn and grave, and as uh, they went home, he said, Mother, who did you vote for? She said, Son, I, I'll, I'll tell you. I looked at the ballot, and there were the names of such good men listed for these offices, such good men, um, such uh, fine, noble people. I just didn't have it in my heart to vote against any of them. I just wrote at the bottom of the ballot, God bless you all. <laughs> this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. can't depend on anything the leaders that we follow they can't even write their name but here we are in america ain't it just a shame how it goes on and on our children going hungry teens are turned to crime and politicians know it's true but they ain't got no time in America, nothing seems to change, it just goes on and on and on. But there may be people who truly do care, there may be my 
If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart. Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start. If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised. Who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized. Oh, Superman, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us. In a stretch of quarantine, the last until July. Oh, Superman, transmittable. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. You pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here.